0: Good morning, this is Sips of Sanity for September, and I'm Karen Sarlo. Good morning, I'm Kelly. Good morning, hon. So we have five mini shows for September, Monday to Friday. Yes, very special shows this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, this series is going to be on verbal abuse. Uh, so each of the, th- the five days, we're going to do three forms of verbal abuse. And we are really basing a- some of it or most of it on a- an article that you have. And on the book by Patricia Evans called The Verbally Abusive Relationship, this is her third edition. And it says how to recognize it and how to respond. And it also says that it includes information now on stress-related abuse and escalating behavior. Hmm. So that's all on the front part of the book. And maybe just to say to people that Patricia will be our special guest for September 9th. Twenty seventeen, on coffee with the sarlos yeah so we're doing this on purpose in september to give people tools for their emotional intelligence toolkit which you and i love doing Mm -hmm. and it's episode
1: 114 oh just i think it's an easier way to identify because instead of going through dates people can just scroll back if it's two three years from now assuming we have a planet then they'll at least be able to look for an
0: episode number Okay, that's great. So she's going to come on actually and um, from her location in the southern states, right? Yes. And talk to us uh, about her book. But for the first for these shows, we're going to pick three of them and go. Okay, so what what did you pick? Well, I'm going to even reference pages in the books for people all during the shows. So that if they want to pick up the book, they can go straight to certain pages, they can find lists, because Patricia actually has lists of comments, lists of behaviors. It's just fantastic the way she's constructed the format of the book. So we're starting with page 81, because on that page, she actually lists all the categories of verbal abuse. So we'll go slowly. We'll start with number one, which is withholding, which actually starts on page 81. And I'm going to begin by just describing how she describes what withholding is. Okay, so withholding, she describes in relationships, where she says that a relationship must be more than an exchange of information. It requires intimacy. And intimacy requires empathy. And empathy means that you are being heard and understood. So they can't say to you, I hear you. They actually have to understand you. Mm-hmm. And withholders want to break down Empathy they don't want to feel any for you, they don't want to create any intimacy, and they may be aware of it or they may not be aware of it. Well, withholders also deny your existence
1: that's one form right so if mm-hmm. if, if I've just spoken to you and you haven't even acknowledged that I finished speaking and if let's say I ask you a question, Karen, where would you like to go for dinner tonight and there's no response, and I say, Karen. I asked you where you wanted to go for dinner tonight. Did you hear me? And there's no response. And then you know they they have to hear you. They're sitting right in front of you. there's no distraction or the TV's not that loud. That's a form of withholding where I'm not even acknowledging that I can see you or hear you.
0: Yeah. So it's easy enough to stay in that kind of a relationship if you've been treated that way as a child mm-hmm. or if a school system treated you that way. I think about the marriages when you're X
1: number of years in and the one of the partners says, oh, they're, they're hard of hearing. Mm -hmm. Well, we're not sure if it's selective or hard of hearing because if you go to talk to them from another room and they know you can't see them, they
0: can get away with denying that you've spoken. Totally. It gives them control And, and people are going to hear the word control, the word reality, um, like there's certain vocabulary so one of the things i find that patricia does in the book is that she gives a whole bunch of situations or experiences and emotions and feelings and behaviors vocabulary mm-hmm. and without it you really are stuck you stay stuck in where you are and it creates anxiety and it creates depression it creates physical symptoms in the body mm-hmm. you can feel stuck in your job. We've talked about things like this before. So when somebody is a withholder in the relationship, the abused person feels stuck in life, they feel powerless, and they feel like they can't make decisions about friendships, they don't know what they think. They often just feel lost. And that goes back to that relationship where the withholder keeps you in a control over relationship where you are what we said earlier, eh, Kelly? Paralyzed. Mm. Yeah, and especially like with, the, with holding, you have to keep
1: digging. Or that's what they're asking you to do, essentially, non-verbally. I think, you know, a question, or sorry, an example might be, you know, what do you think of the car that we're looking at? And they say, it's green. Where you're saying it's functional or Mm -hmm. it's factual, but it doesn't actually answer the question about what they think or what they feel. They're
0: just stating something that I could have stated as well. That's perfect because you're outlining exactly what she does in that part. Yeah. And it creates
1: those statements or the act of withholding creates confusion in someone who's in a fix it mode or wants to be collaborative. So when they hear it's green. Then the person goes back into their head and thinks, "Okay, maybe I need to ask a better question. Maybe I didn't do a good job of of asking the right the right question. Maybe I need to dig a little deeper and do and I need to do the better job." And so the withholder then sees you engaging and re engaging and putting more effort into it, and oftentimes they withhold even more.
0: Well, that becomes the cycle, that becomes the pattern, and you and I have often refer to that as an energetic hemorrhage on the part of the person who's being abused mm-hmm. because they have to energetically hammer out to constantly dig deeper they might be buying spiritual books they might be going to courses they might be trying to find purpose in life they, they will do more and more work and more and more digging as a result of the withholder to continue the withholding
1: and the, the partners that go to therapy on their own and the partner that says oh no you go and just come back and tell me what you learned <sighs> yes perfect i think i heard a little a few um oh fucks
0: oh more than Mm -hmm. second one the second one is countering now she starts countering on page 85 in the book and she describes countering as in situations where the abuser is in their own reality so she refers to that as reality one And therefore he can't see his partners as a separate being from him having their own opinion or their own experience, because that would make it a reality too. That would mean that she has her own reality and he can't allow her to have her own identity. He needs to keep her into his. So there's only one reality and it's his. And he has to convince her of that reality over and over again, constantly. This is exhausting for both. So now they're both definitely, they're both energetically hammering. Uh, can I put it in, in
1: simpler terms?
0: Yes. And I, do, I love the way Patricia
1: writes. I
0: I have an article
1: in front of me, but you have her book. So someone has gone ahead and summarized her, her writing. And she's technical, but, but conversational. And this one's just sort of, I'll say a step down, not to be rude. Uh, but it is very plain, mm-hmm. and it doesn't talk about the realities like the book does, although I find that far more fascinating. This one says, countering is a tendency to be very argumentative, but not merely in political, philosophical, or scientific contexts, but in ordinary contexts as well. The victim of the abuse may share her positive feelings about a movie she just saw, and the abuser may then attempt to convince her that her feelings are wrong. Mm-hmm. Countering is a way of dismissing the victim's feelings, thoughts, and experiences
0: on a regular basis. And she has examples in the book. So on page 86, she has an interaction. The abuser. The scene change took too long. Partner. Oh, I didn't notice that. Abuser. You're wrong. Partner. Well, I mean, it felt fine to me and I guess it didn't to you. Abuser. Angry. You don't know what you're talking about. There is an objective reality, you know, any critic would agree with me. So she actually outlines and gives the example so that people can relate to them in their own conversations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Discounting? Yeah. Discounting is on page eighty seven. And some like some of the stuff I just rewrote a little bit almost like right from out of her book. She'll explain some of them uh, too. But she says Discounting the abuser denies the reality and the experiences of the partner, if the abuse does not recognize this for what it is, she can spend years trying to figure it out, wondering what is wrong with her or why she can't seem to communicate properly this one this one meaning the ca- the discounting denies and distorts the abused perceptions of their own experience mm-hmm. leaving the abused always in a state of feeling confused.
1: I want I want to give an example of this, and I, I'm going to go with parents because I know we pick on marriages a lot. The, um, in the article, it says here, the abuser thereby denies the victim's inner reality, indirectly telling her how she feels and what she experiences is wrong. And I, th- I see this so often with parents where kids fall down, they hurt themselves, they're upset, something's, something's aching, and they cry, they, they're wanting the attention, and parents say, you're fine you're fine. It doesn't hurt. That is a form of verbal abuse. When your child or any person, any human being or animal is expressing pain, to deny their reality is a form of verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. That's where any coach, any therapist would say, ask a question, ask what hurts, ask why they think it, it happened. Ask what they
0: can do, what they think they can do to help alleviate it. Ask what they need. And when you don't do that, you're doing it intentionally so that that person has to deny their own feelings. Which means that it leaves them vulnerable to them, the abuser, then telling you what you're supposed to feel. Instead of you going on your own inner knowing of what your brain is trying to say. Now that brain still has to go down and fix that broken bone, but you're not allowed to acknowledge it. Oh, that's so cool. So say you say you say you're on a hockey rink and, and you, you broke something, maybe the coach can't see that you broke it. So get up. There's nothing wrong with you. Your brain is saying broken bone. Every cell
1: in your body yes is, is screaming, and blood is pooling, and the body is doing everything it
0: can to survive, right. But you're not allowed to acknowledge that it's happening. Now, try later in life to just cope with anything and you can't. Again, it creates so much confusion that, again, that word paralysis comes forth again. Mm -hmm. Okay, enough for today? Yes. So we did
1: withholding, countering, and discounting.
0: And I just wanted to point out, Kelly, on page 88 in her book, I'm going to say it again, The Verbally Abusive Relationship. Third edition. Third edition by Patricia Evans that she actually writes down a whole list of things that you can hear if somebody's doing this to you. So she, she just gives a pile of them just like you did, how you gave that example of, mm-hmm. you're not hurt or get up. There's nothing wrong with you. I'll give you something to cry about. Well, those are two oh, yes. different
1: forms wrapped yes. in a conversation. Yeah.
0: Yes, okay. but that often happens. You never usually just get abused with one form. Okay. So, what I'd like to do
1: is end these shows this week by reminding people what our intention is. Sure. Because these don't have a happy round uh, um happy ending or a tying mm-hmm. the bow at the end. The intention of these activities and these these well, this series essentially is to get you prepared for Patricia Evans' actual podcast on Saturday. Yeah. To get you familiar with the types of verbal abuse so that you can identify them in your own life, the kind you're dishing out as well as the kind you're receiving. And to understand that there are many support systems for you, whether you're the abuser or the
0: abused, to come to a better, healthier, happier place in your life. And she does provide those tools and those resources in her books. Excellent. And she will on the show. If you have
1: questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info We highly recommend that you stick around for Tuesday through Friday Mm -hmm. uh, and then obviously for the big show on Saturday, but we do hope that you have an excellent Monday.